Care Bears. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, because that would be rude. (laughs) It'd be so rude. (laughs) It'd be really rude be patronizing and we are not those types of people no although in the past perhaps we were that's true that's possible i'm not gonna say that i was always the kindest soul that i am today i was chatting with my friend nick who i've recently turned on to the amazing race and he was chatting about this one couple colin and christy and he was like they are so terrible i hate them (laughs) but then they came on to a season of the amazing race like 20 years later which is when angel and i met them for the first time and we were obsessed with them and so it was so interesting to like come at that from opposite sides and i said to nick well people can change a lot in 20 years and i said in fact wasn't it 20 years ago that we met each other Mm. And I was like, haven't I changed a lot since I was 15 years old? And he was like, girl, you really have. (laughs) And I was like, well, there you go. Right. Personal growth. Personal (laughs) growth. If you listen to our last episode, it was all about personal growth. We even had an ask to begin a personal growth club. Yes. Which we're intrigued. We're totally intrigued. We're pondering. We're pondering it. You know, why not at this point? If uh, the astrology of 2021 has anything in mind, it'll definitely be about like, you know, taking responsibility for the groups you align yourself with, you know, how you relate to a collective. And so I think um, there could be more room in 2021 for us to find ways to kind of keep bringing the collective together. Well, I even just know from my recovery program that, There's something so powerful about coming together in a group and just sharing from your heart and speaking openly and honestly and having witnesses to your struggles and your triumphs. So we will certainly consider how we can continue to make more and more group events available, even uh, in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. And honestly, thinking back now, 20 of myself, 20 years ago, it was 20 years ago, I guess, ish, I was like really into... I had been really into groups and I sort of like fell out of that Mm. to some degree. I mean, it was really like I was into theater and doing a lot of theater. And then in my early 20s, I kind of stopped that. And I've been really wanting that again. So I guess in some way, it's been so nice to have this community. Didn't realize how much I missed it and needed it. Yeah. Well, we're social creatures we're supposed to be in groups and families and living collectively. Mm-hmm. That's like how we're hardwired, I think, as human beings. Yeah. Should we introduce ourselves? Who are you? Ah, uh, yes. The eternal question. Who am I? Well, What's your name? <laughs> I am Brandon Alter. Brandon Craig Alter. Oh. Yeah, the middle name there. Uh, I am a healer and a tarot reader, an astrologer. I'm a mystic and a teacher, a writer, a performer, and a creative, and a songstress. She sure is. And Time heals everything. Okay, you're so (laughs) rude. 
there is for all our musical theater fans there's this song called time heals everything from a musical called mac and mabel and for whatever reason that song has just been like stuck in my head on repeat for weeks and angel just keeps laughing at me because i just like walk around the house singing it but it's a great song (laughs) i recommend you you look it up well you just it's because it starts with that time i don't even remember them how does it go honey Time heals everything, Tuesday, Thursday. Time heals everything, April, August. So, like a phantom, I just sort of <laughs> hear that just come from somewhere in the house randomly throughout the day. It's very funny. Well, apparently I'm in need of time healing something, I guess. <laughs> Um, but it is a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. Go find Bernadette Peters singing it, everybody. Well, you have a beautiful voice. Well, thank you. Just you just need to record the oh, whole yes. thing. We'll release it on the Spiritual Gaze album. Yeah, we'll put it in a breathwork. Who are you, my love? I am Angel Richard Lopez. I am a writer and a producer of films. I am a astrologer and a mystic as well, a teacher a quealer, a historian, oh, and a lamb. Oh, a Mariah Carey lamb, part of the lamely. Uh, to some degree, yes. But more just we've a, discussed, more but... just a spiritual lamb. Yeah, that's nice. I feel mm. more like a spiritual lion. Ooh. So there we go. So what does that mean? You eat me? No, I can lay down with you. Isn't that the scripture? Like the lions and the lambs lay down together. Oh, is that what happened back then? Yeah. And that's what's going to happen in the future, too, I think. Cute. Yeah. Well, we do lay down together. (laughs) That's truth. Should we check in? Yes. Well, check in with me. What's happening in your life? Well, we just had a big Gemini full moon. Ooh, that lunar eclipse. Yes. She was very bright here in LA. We had this, like, massive, like ring around her it was really intense to look at yeah it's called a moon bow a moon bow um i i literally thought somebody was like punking me when i saw it initially (laughs) yeah i definitely had seen them before but never like that i mean it was it looked like a hole in the sky yeah it was really cool like yeah it was like a hole to it like a it was like a portal yeah i felt like i was in like the truman show (laughs) or War of the Worlds. Or the Simpsons movie. Uh, hard to say. But um, it definitely was a culmination of, I felt like, a pretty beefy week. You know, we had a holiday week here. And we did actually had a lot of community throughout it. We had a meeting of our Astro Club. We had a breathwork healing group, um, our tarot class. So we had a lot of community around us and particularly the breathwork healing session was like felt really shifting um really tapped me in to just a lot of the healing that I continue to process within myself um I haven't talked much about it on here but you know my dad has been experiencing just a ton of health issues all year long. I mean, he's been in and out of the hospital all year more times than I can even count at this point. And it's been pretty stressful and pretty emotionally draining. Um, You know, not just the 
toll it takes on on myself, you know, just on my own experience of it, but just, you know, sort of having to bear witness to him go through it all has been really challenging. Um, and just like, yeah, that's, for me, that's the most emotionally taxing part. Um, and, you know, he had some more issues come up this weekend. And, you know, when, I guess for me, just I, when I have these things, it triggers a lot of issues from my past, my childhood, um, and just how I am really trying to evolve forward and release a lot of the tension that I've had from the past. And it's not an easy process. And I've just been moving through a lot of self-forgiveness more than anything and just trying to release a lot of like guilt that I have that I don't even know if I have attached to anything specific anymore. But in thinking about it last night as I lie in bed with the Gemini full moon high above, um, remembering that, you know, we write our story, right? And really trying to center myself now in a story of rebirth, renewal, and reemergence so that I can utilize the challenges of the past, but I don't necessarily need them to be the majority of my personal definition. Yeah, wow. Some heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but also got some relaxation in too, which was maybe helpful to all of this as well. That's the balance, right? Well, I think the relaxation allows you to come to a place where you're more available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of felt like Saturday night, a dam burst in you that needed to burst open mm -hmm. so that you could begin to process and feel the truth of what's going on for you in relationship to your father mm -hmm. as he moves through this chapter. Yeah. And when we're running around busy or when we're really tired, we don't have the bandwidth to process life as it happens. So the relaxation is so important because it plugs us back into what really needs to be tended to in our mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So true. So relaxation, folks, I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, rest is a sacred act. On the seventh day, she rested. Mm. You know? Well, she should do some on the third and the fifth day as well. Every seventh hour. Mm -hmm. Every seventh minute. True that. Uh, how are you, babes? I'm hanging in there. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I just have to say, you've been such an amazing support for me, so thank you. I know oh. it's not easy to support someone who's going through a lot of emotional shifts, so I'm grateful for you. Oh my gosh. I mean, it really is a pleasure. I mean, I love being able to support you, and I love being able to witness your depth of emotional capacity doesn't scare you no not at all <laughs> i think the aquarius in me is like fascinated <laughs> you're taking notes you're I'm like, like hmm. wow so this is what it, this is what it would look like wow to have an undammed emotional <laughs> channel no it's it's beautiful and it's so important and the hardest stuff is where the greatest growth and the biggest teachings come through mm -hmm. so i'm really proud of you for just facing this moment head on and being present for all the complexity and the challenge and the sorrow. Thanks, boo-boo. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm like here for this. Like, this is like when I like roll up my sleeves and I'm like, let's dig in. You don't like get to be a healer by like skirting like the difficult issues in life, you know? Oh, no. This is kind of where I'm like, yeah, let's go. She thrives in crisis. Um, All right. (laughs) Yeah. So. Well, you've been thriving all year. Uh, Yeah. Well, to a certain point. Angel was telling me how he was telling his therapist that he was very inspired by me because someday last week I just like sat on the couch in the afternoon and watched old episodes of Sex in the City and ate a couple of cookies. Mm-hmm. So and, many episodes. And what did you say to her? So many cookies. So many. No, there were just two cookies. <laughs> there were probably like four episodes. Yeah. Oh, that I was really busy working that day. And yeah, I would just kind of walk by as I was grabbing something from the kitchen or what have you and just you lying there kind of just like luxuriating in like Carrie Bradshaw and, and her antics and I didn't feel like like resentment or you know like it'd be easy to be like oh I'm so annoyed that he just gets to do that or you know I I, I was in awe that you just um, were able to do that I was like wow he can just kind of like unplug and relax and like enjoy something well without any shame or guilt (laughs) it's true there was no shame there was no guilt and like those first two episodes i really like i really felt so good but i think it was around the third or the fourth episode when i had the thought like oh brandon you're depressed (laughs) like it wasn't until that moment that i was able to realize that like for the past few weeks i think i've been struggling with a low-grade depression And it took like relaxing into something else to give me that perspective. Did it coincide with Carrie's depression? No, it did not (laughs) coincide with Carrie's depression. But Sex in the City is such a safe place for me. It's like such a warm hug. And so the fact that like I went back there, it made me realize like, oh, there's, there's a lack of comfort that's happening for you in your life. And I think particularly given our 2020 quarantine lifestyle, all the telltale signs of depression are difficult to notice because Mm -hmm. it's pretty status quo to be in sweatpants every day (laughs) for weeks on end, (laughs) you know, or not leave the house. (laughs) All these things that, you know, usually would be like, Oh babe, like maybe you need to to take a, a peek into your mental health and see what's going on there. But I just love that story because it's showing the same moment from two opposite sides. Like here you are like watching me relax in awe and there I am having the revelation of my (laughs) own depression. Right. So definitely struggling with a little bit of that. Definitely struggling with quarantine fatigue, feeling a little gaslit all over the place because we do take our stay at home very seriously and have sacrificed a lot um, just in terms of seeing people or connecting even with family even ill family and then to see other people who are living their lives in a different way according to a different list of priorities it's just it it's frustrating for me and it makes me second guess my own way of doing things to some degree even though i know in my heart that the way we're handling this pandemic is the right way to go and that it's better to be overly conservative and cautious than to behave in the opposite way. But it's a struggle, especially this many months into it, especially since we haven't really gotten a break from it. And we're about to head back into another quarter of really serious quarantine 
there's definitely a fatigue and I miss the desert desperately. We watched a great movie over the weekend called Palm Springs, which I highly recommend. Yeah, so fun. It's super fun. But at the end, there's just like these beautiful shots of the desert. And I just like started weeping because I was like, oh my God, I miss the desert so much. It's just such a place of renewal and it allows me to kind of plug back into a larger source of spirit. And I need that right now because I do feel pretty depleted and I'm struggling to connect in the deeper ways that I'm used to connecting right now. Well, we should go even just for a day. I know we should figure it out. Mm -hmm. I have cleared my books for most of December. So if you want a reading, you're going to have to wait till January. My apologies, but I just needed to put myself first for a little bit and be the beneficiary of my own gifts for a while. So maybe we can do that in December, head out to the desert. And we cleaned out the closet of no return. So that was really helpful. Well, most of it. There's still one area that I'm going to tackle. Well, those are the upper cupboards. (laughs) They might be connected to the closet of no return. It's like an area in like Lord of the Rings. But they're not technically the closet of no return. You must travel through the upper cupboards (laughs) and retrieve the golden staff. Oh, shit, man. If you saw our Instagram, it was so stressful for those like two hours when just like everything on the inside of the closet was like on the floor of the spirit room. Stressful for you. I looked gorgeous. Well, you did look gorgeous, but I was so stressed out. It's like when you purge all this stuff and you're just sitting in the middle of all of the clutter and just the energetic weight of it. (laughs) Yes, but it's freeing too. It's freeing. And I finally dropped off like three trash bags full of books and clothes at Goodwill that have been sitting in my trunk since March. So I do feel like there is some lightening up that's happening. Kalu Kale. Kalu Kale. What is that? I think it's from Winnie the Pooh. Is it from Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Great. It's always, it's just in my head all the time. Kalu Kale. It's an exclamation of joy of Jupiter. Kalukale. Kalukale. Well, speaking of Jupiter, shall we give the gazers a little taste of what's to come in the heavens? Yeah, let's let's give the gazers what they want. We've decided that every episode we're going to give you a little bit of cosmic update because we think that it's important to stay timely and talk about what's happening in the heavens. We'll continue to do a dose of reality and a dose of inspiration and all those other doses too. But just know that you can tune in every other week and you will get a little bit of cosmic update. So without further ado, shall we head into this episode's cosmic update? So, this Cosmic Update is sponsored by Sagittarius. Ah, Sagittarius season. Yes, we are smack dab in it. Open up an expensive bottle of champagne and only drink three quarters of it. Yes, till the world ends. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, Sag season, as you probably know, and if you don't, it is really a time of exploration, adventure. Um, at least those are like the words that are technically usually associated with it. Um, and I know probably given the world we're in right now, it tends to feel like exploring and adventure may not be at the top of anyone's list. Um, but It is also really connected to our beliefs, our, you know, interests, our passions. And so 
you know, maybe for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you might actually be able to go out and like physically explore a little more than those of us who are beginning to deal with a winter. Um, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, climb a mountain um, to have an adventure. You know, this can be a time to really tap into what are the um, interests that you have and really like mental interests. What, um, you know, beliefs are you ready to commit to in defining you more completely? You know, I know for myself, like, you know, the, the real depth of my spirituality and my spiritual practice has been such a, such a deepening process for me this year. Um, and I feel like in Sagittarius season, I'm like finding ways to really kind of like sort of nail it down, you know? The like, okay, I do believe in uh, in spirit and connecting the spirit in this way. I do believe in my uh, work as an astrologer and and processing it this way. I do believe in spiritual community and like you know the the need to have it in this way. You know, so it's just you know I think there's ways for us all to just tap into you know what are our passionate beliefs, ideas, um, philosophies. Yeah, it's a good time for self-study to mm -hmm. go deeper on a subject that you're really interested about. Yeah, and I think we can use the last few weeks that we've been in while Mercury's been in Scorpio and kind of, you know, getting us into the depths of our psychology um, and allowing us to better understand ourselves through our interactions with others. Um, but on December 2nd... Um, you know, Mercury shifts into Sag. So it allows us to really support this whole notion of, you know, mentally exploring your philosophies, your beliefs, your ideals, um, those subjects of interest, you know, becoming a student of all of those things. And even on some level, like allowing yourself to also be a teacher mm. for others. Totally. And really, we only have two-ish more weeks of Saturn and Jupiter's stint in Capricorn. Right. Which is wild. Thank goddess. I know. <laughs> there have just been such headlines. Um, for so long. For so long. And, you know, we're going to have the shifts out of them. Um, Saturn's going to do so on the 16th. And, um, or really, I think it's even like the very end of the 15th, depending on where you are, 15th, 16th. And then Jupiter is going to do so on the 20th. And then they meet up on the 21st, right? Yeah. Then they have their full on conjunction, which we'll talk about in our next episode. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really interesting, though, that they happen right on the heels of uh, the big Sag new moon that we'll have on the 14th. Um, you know, so a Sag new moon is really that like, you know, connection of the head and the heart, right? Like I'm like taking the beliefs and the ideas and all, all the, uh, philosophies out of the library and like taking them into the kitchen to really kind of like, you know, share them with the people that I love most, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm talking metaphorically, of course. Um, so the cosmic kitchen, <laughs> the cosmic kitchen, but yeah, it's that hearth, right? Yeah. And it'll be an eclipse as well. Right. Which we're going to spend the back half of this episode 
just talking about eclipses, all about eclipses. So I think it's just interesting that we'll have this like real sort of like opportunity to begin again, right? Begin anew, Mm -hmm. you know, in regards to our beliefs, our philosophies, uh, as we then are about to transition out of that Capricorn energy and into some Aquarius, which has been all, you know, the Capricorn's been all about taking responsibility for the structures we put into place. What's our foundation here? What are we building our life on? What are we building ourselves on? And now we're going to move into Aquarius and have to show the world our authentic selves, our true authentic selves. So all this to say, you basically have like two-ish more weeks to like figure out who you really are and get ready to show it to the world. Oh my goddess. Well, no I actually stress. think that there's some truth to that, <laughs> which is just the sense that like once Jupiter and Saturn move out of Capricorn, they aren't coming back for like at least 12, 13 years Jupiter and like mm-hmm. 30 years for Saturn. Right. So- we're leaving Capricorn station. Get what you need out of Capricorn before it's gone. Yeah. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah. And I really think like, I know there is a lot around the collective and like, you know, the world is a community when it comes to Aquarius. But I think, you know, what I really want us all to lean into with this Aquarius shift is the uniqueness element, the authenticity element, you know, like, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, you know, it's ruled by Uranus and also traditionally by Saturn. So if Saturn's about taking responsibility and Uranus is about authenticity, your uniqueness, your freedom to be yourself. Yes. Your liberation. Like this shift is all about like taking responsibility for where you are going to plant your freak flag and how high you are going to fly it. Totally. Should be said, these last four signs, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, these are the cosmic signs of the Zodiac. These take us beyond ourselves. They take us beyond partnerships. They take us into the collective. So we move into cosmic fire, which is Sagittarius, and then we move into Capricorn season, which is our celestial earth, and then we move into Aquarius, and then we you know, disappear into the ether and Pisces season. But I think Capricorn is the future that we can see. It's the future we can build. Mm-hmm. It's those goals that you can see 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. Aquarius is the future you can't see. Right. Aquarius goes beyond what we can plan and requires us to have faith and requires us to go even further out, thinking even more big picture. And so if we restructure in Capricorn to change the outcome, then that changes the future that we can't see as well. And so these are the sorts of tide pools that we're playing in as we kind of head into this winter, northern hemisphere winter corner of the sky in the zodiac. Right. So fun stuff. Exciting. Fun. Exciting. As I said in the Cosmic Tarot forecast for last week, it's okay to start dreaming again. In fact, like it's really important that we start to dream again, that we start to create a future that we want to step into. Right. Choose the adventure. Because we have been on pause. I mean, internally, nobody's been on pause. There's been a lot of momentum and transformation and reevaluation. But externally, we have been put on pause. And now it's time to begin to generate some energy and some excitement around what am I going to do when I am let out of here? Yeah. 
as informed by the deeper transformations within. All right. Well, that's our cosmic update. Yes, indeed. So let's get ready for this episode's Deep Dive. So we wanted to do a deep dive into eclipses because eclipse season happens twice a year. Eclipses are really intense. They also have kind of a bad reputation, and we thought we might just unpack what eclipses are generally, and then we might speak a little bit more specifically about the upcoming eclipse, that new moon Sagittarius solar eclipse, and we're currently recording this in the aftermath of the Gemini full moon lunar eclipse, Mm -hmm. and so we can speak a little bit about that too. And eclipses, they are cycles, and they repeat, and they reach back in time, and they show us uh, cosmic time to some degree. Um, we can keep track, obviously. It's not like geological time, which is like hundreds and thousands and millions of years. This is more like bigger cycles beyond just like your birthday um, or even a Saturn cycle, like seven years. You know, eclipses really work in 19 year cycles. That's how long it takes for eclipses to repeat. But they also reach back, you know, 18 months or six months. And so it helps us to kind of connect the dots of the transformations that have been happening when we look at eclipse energy. Full disclosure, I never really worked with like eclipse energy for most of my time as an astrologer. It's really only been like in the recent couple years that I've really like been aware of it. Um, And I was really made aware of it by noticing that I was actually born during an eclipse season. Yeah. So if you are born, if your sun is within 18 and a half degrees of either the north node or the south node in your chart, you were born during an eclipse season. What does that mean? Yeah. So let's break it down. All right. So the lunar nodes, the nodes of fate, right? They are these spaces. (laughs) Yeah. They're like stand-ins for planets, but there's actually nothing there, right? But they are these points that denote where the orbit of the moon and the sun intercept. In relation to Earth. In relation to Earth. And so the lunar nodes are always moving, and they actually move backwards through the zodiac, and they change signs about every two years or so. And so when the sun gets close to either the lunar north node or the lunar south node, it's in position for partial or total eclipses. So this happens every six months, because every six months the sun is going to be either close to the north node or to the south node as it makes its way around the wheel. And so the nodes are called the nodes of fate, because there is this sense that faded events, conversations, people, places, things, ideas happen around these nodes. The south node being more about like faded events that have happened, your karma, your past lives, your history, and your north node about faded events that are about to happen or that will happen, your destiny, your purpose, your soul's expansion and evolution. Yeah, it's that it's energy that you need to move toward embracing in order to really sort of activate your your full potential. Yeah. And if you're interested in learning more about North Nodes, I highly recommend the book Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller. Jan will read you for Phil. She spills that tea so hard, you think that she knows your life. 
Well, and it's interesting because the North Node in particular is an energy that, yeah, you're really supposed to move toward. And it's usually something that's really uncomfortable for you. Yeah. So in reading it, you're like, really? Like, that's the last place I'm going to go. And then you go, oh. Oh, now I know why. Right. So your North Node doesn't always get a lot of attention. But based on your North Node, a lot can be determined about the journey your soul wants to take during this incarnation. And so this book does a phenomenal job really diving deep. And what's interesting about the North Node is that everyone who is born around your time has the same North Node. So if you think about like what you and all your high school friends have evolved into, there's some similarities there. So when I'm reading the North Node in Taurus, I'm thinking about like all, like I've got five very close friends still from high school. And I was like, oh, this applies to all of us because we were all born, you know, like 84, 85 when the North Node was in Taurus. So depending on the position of the sun and the moon, it's, you know, either the lunar north node or the lunar south node that's being hit by the eclipse, but they both are in play. And there's a lot of different mythology that's kind of interesting about eclipses. You know, uh, the most famous one, I think, is the Indian myth about the dragon um, that got his head cut off trying to drink the nectar of the gods. And maybe he drank a little bit of that nectar, so he was immortal. And so he got put up in the heavens. But because his head was cut off, his head is the north node and his tail is the south node. And, you know, he always tries to eat the sun and the moon to punish them. But because he has no throat, because his head was cut off, even if he swallows the sun, it's only swallowed for a very short period of time, hence the eclipse, right? Because then it always comes back out. Right. There's also other myths um, about, like, devious squirrels or wolves. I'm sorry, what? Devious squirrels. I'm sorry, who? Wolves. <laughs> all sorts of animals that try to eat the sun or the moon at various times. Well, girl, we have devious squirrels we here, just in our yard. We have a lot of devious squirrels in our yard. I, think I just heard one. It's because I've been feeding them all quarantine, which maybe in hindsight was a mistake. <laughs> it was a big mistake. Leaving all those plums and nuts for them. Yeah, because now they're trying to get in the house. So... What does an eclipse mean astrologically? What is the energy of an eclipse? Well, I think we just meditate on what does it feel like to see something of that scale in nature occur. I mean, I remember the solar eclipse that happened here in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and it wasn't even a total solar eclipse. It was just partial, but it's like a major reset. In the middle of the day, it gets dark. Everything gets quiet. There's this eerie sense. Eclipses are disruptors. And I think that they are connected in some ways to chaos energy. And chaos is a good thing because we need chaos to shake up entrenched patterns, old habits, and ideas. So eclipses show up every six months to shake up where you've gotten stuck and to make sure that you're on path. We're talking about faded events. We're talking about your soul's purpose and destiny. So I like to call eclipses cosmic course correctors. If you've gotten off track, the eclipse puts you back on your path. Mm -hmm. By nature, I think they are intense, and they sometimes show up as crises. They can show up as sudden exits or sudden entrances, it's not unusual to kind of track a slew of deaths that happen during an eclipse because we're dealing with the nodes and the south node is where, you know, the soul goes when it dies. Mm -hmm. um, and the north node is what's new and what's coming in. And so every six months, we kind of get this jolt of chaos energy 
so that we can shake off where we've been stuck and move more clearly towards what our purpose is. And I think that idea of illumination is really potent for eclipses because what you see, what comes up, what is shown to you during eclipses is the truth. Well, sister, I had a lot of truth show up for my eclipses this weekend. Oh, go on. Well, no, just, I mean, even thinking about like the past lives, all of that element um, in our breathwork session, how you did, you know, when you were leading it, you had us do this whole sort of collecting to the lineage of our mother's mother and, and so on and so forth. And um, I realized just for myself, like how just like directly tied that was to so much of where I'm at right now. It just felt really um, like remarkably on point with an eclipse going on that involved the nodes, right? Like opening a portal to the uh, just the extensive lineage of, of your ancestors, right? And recognizing like how much power everything that has come from, from them through their experience, how it has defined you in some way. You know? Yeah, I think in our contemporary society, we think like we're all alone and we have to do it all by ourselves. And I think there's also this idea about like being a pioneer in the American West and you like blaze your own trail. But the truth is, is we're all so deeply interconnected, not just to the living beings on this planet, as we've experienced during a pandemic where we're all interconnected, but our lineages. And I think what eclipses do is remind us of these larger cycles this cosmic ballet that our ancestors witnessed and could yeah. tap into. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine being a prehistoric human looking up at the sky to see just the insanity of the picture show that happens? I mean, even just last night, getting to walk mm -hmm. outside and see that moon. I was going to say. crazy ring around it. Yeah. You're reminded that there are bigger powers out there and that we're all subject to them. Yeah, I felt that way last, last night seeing that, like like as if I like stumbled upon it, you know, and was seeing it for the very first time. And yeah, the like profound just energy that it created and, and, and shift. Yeah. So eclipses, they illuminate and they eliminate. They shake you up. They are arbiters of major change. Eclipses were known to dispose of rulers. So there would be like a change of leadership which feels very significant at this time. Mm -hmm. And what you have to understand is that an eclipse is a ritual in and of itself. It is a ritual that has been happening for as long as the sun and the moon and the earth have been around. Oh, and I so, love thinking of it that way. Yeah. So you don't need to do anything <laughs> else. That's like a, what is it? Like a tuna can in a tornado. What's that expression, right? Like your ritual, <laughs> Wait, a tuna can in a tornado, a tin can in a tornado. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. It's like you can't hear a tin can in a tornado. Like if somebody was hitting a tin can? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear it. Well, they should be in hiding. They well, shouldn't be trying to play a tin can. <laughs> the idea is no tea, no shade, but like your little ritual is... And it may be a big ritual, but it's a little ritual compared to the ritual of the sun and the moon and the earth and the shadow of the earth and everything that's happening. Right. So I think eclipses really invite us to relax and to observe. And to receive. And to receive. And I think they also teach us about patience because we are seeing much larger 
and longer stories than our attention span play out for ourselves. I also think that eclipses reset us. It's like we're wiping the slate clean. Like even just to see the shadow go across the moon and darken her face, and then she slowly begins to brighten. It's like we're erasing a chalkboard. And the chalkboard is your heart. And in some ways, erasing the past, erasing trauma, erasing old habitual patterns so that you can then move forwards uninhibited, unhindered. And so sometimes the things that you lose seem really cruel, but I believe that eclipses are always cosmic blessings, even if it doesn't always appear to be a blessing initially. Yeah, because they're removers, but they're also awakening on some level too, right? Yeah, they can bring in big gifts. Yeah, on a physical level, but also, yeah, an emotional, mental, yeah, spiritual level, depending. Especially depending on where the eclipse is happening in your chart. Exactly. Based on, you know, the house that it's going to occupy, which is specific to you, can really help clarify where this energy wants to be used or where it is going to be used whether or not you pay attention to it or not. Right, because it stretches out over time, right? Because it's a it's a larger eclipse cycle, like you were saying. It can last over months and months, right? Depending on what eclipses it's connected to. Right, well, it's going to keep referring back. So right now, the nodes are in Sagittarius Gemini, right? But, you know, in about... 12 years from now or so, the nodes are going to be in the opposite. They're going to be in Gemini Sagittarius. And so that's going to refer back to what just happened now. So there's these larger cycles that keep happening, and you can just start to tune in to that kind of development of your own soul based on that. And for anyone who's curious, we shifted from Cancer Capricorn to Gemini Sag, as far as the nodes are concerned, back in May of this year. So that began that new nodal cycle and i don't know about you but the energy of an eclipse feels like drinking too much coffee and being exhausted like have you ever had that experience where like you've just like you've just hammered your adrenals to such a point that you're not feeling like you're jumping bouncing off the walls but you're just like fucking pooped that's kind of what eclipse energy feels like to me like it's so much it's so intense it's such a watershed moment that it oftentimes can leave us all feeling like a semi-truck just hit us. Right. So it is best not to like schedule too much or work too hard. I mean, honestly, even recording this podcast in the aftermath of the lunar eclipse was probably biting off a little bit more than we could chew. (laughs) Do as we say, not as we do. But it's not unusual to feel like the sun and the moon just rolled you over when eclipse season happens. Now, Different people are going to be affected by eclipses differently. You know, if you are a cancer moon, you're really going to be affected by a lunar eclipse. You just have to know that about yourself. Um, If you're a Leo sun, you might be really affected by a solar eclipse. And also, if the eclipses are happening close to any planets that you have in your chart, that's going to be more specific. If the eclipses aren't happening near anything in your chart, that doesn't mean that you're not going to feel the eclipse, but it could be to a lesser degree. Yeah. I know, I had aspects to it, lighten up my whole damn half my chart. Yeah, kept you up most of the night. Girl. Meanwhile, I slept like the dead. Good for you, Queen. And lastly, you know, a lot of astrologers will talk about the fact that eclipses can also denote health aspects showing up. Right. So it's important to notice what's showing up and to not ignore it, because remember, these are cycles. So if you can pay attention to what's coming up for you and tend to it, then that eclipse story can be how you healed something as opposed to how you were the victim of some sort of illness or disease, something of that nature. Mm -hmm. 
I guess the one thing I'll mention is just the difference between the lunar and the solar eclipse, right? Like, what's the difference astrologically between losing the light of the moon versus losing the light of the sun? So a lunar eclipse is always going to be a full moon. And this is one of my favorite words in the English <laughs> language. It's called a syzygy. Ooh. Yeah. Syzygy. It has no vowels. It only has a Y. S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. A syzygy. Syzygy. It's when planets line up. So when you have a lunar eclipse, you have the sun and the moon and the earth in a perfect syzygy, right? They're all in a line. And the shadow of the earth blocks the moon from receiving the sun's light, mm. right? You've got the earth in the middle. It's an earth sandwich here. Um, having a syzygy. Having a syzygy. Whereas when it's a solar eclipse, what you've got is a moon sandwich, right? The moon is between the sun and the earth. So when we lose the light of the moon, we've talked about on the show many times that the moon is your heart. It's how you get your needs met. It's your emotional life. It's your inner intuitive. It's your hidden nature to some degree. And so the lunar eclipse might be more emotional, might be more of an internal reset, might be more internal. And in some ways, it might be a little bit more chaotic because it's happening within, not externally. Right. So whereas Angel was up all night battling with his own head, especially because it was a Gemini <laughs> eclipse. So of course it was, you know, psychological and heady and chatty in your own head. But eventually about telling new stories about your emotions and about your heart. Mm -hmm. Whereas the solar eclipse, losing the light of the sun, is losing that soul's essence. And the sun is what illuminates. So it's like the lights go out. And you have to see in the dark for a minute. And then they come back on. And it's as if you've like just returned home after being away from your house for like a couple weeks on vacation. And you come back to your house and you're like, oh, I'm seeing it with like new eyes. And that's what happens with a solar eclipse is the lights go out so that they can come back on so that we can see things fresh and clean without all of the filters and the habitual behaviors that keep us perceiving things in the same way. And yeah, so a lunar eclipse is always going to be a full moon, and a solar eclipse is always going to be a new moon. Oh. Just, um, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Astronomically. All right. Eclipse season. So it's going to um, also involve this upcoming Sagittarius new moon, right? On the 14th? Yeah. So eclipse season either will have two or three eclipses, mm -hmm. and there's just two this time around. And so the second eclipse is that new moon in Sagittarius. And then usually two weeks later um, is when eclipse season is officially over. So it won't be until that full moon in Cancer mm -hmm. that eclipse season gets a period put at the end of the sentence. Which is like right at the end of the month. Exactly. Yeah. So would you say given that it is a new moon, which is normally a good kind of ritual time? Would you, what kind of adjustments would you make for a new moon during an eclipse season? Listen, you know, everyone's got to figure it out for themselves. And I'm sure there are a lot of astrologers and ritualists that would completely disagree with me. And they would say, like, use this energy and put it to good use. Right. I just think it's so much. It's so much to have to channel and to steer. And I think it's happening to you. And just notice how you are being guided. And if you want to, because it is Sagittarius, you know, 
the truth seeker if you want to write some things down honestly yeah, that's what i and just thinking. crystallize for yourself but i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing any major ceremony it is a ceremony in the sky right but i think the headline for living in a north node gemini south node sagittarius reality uh-huh. for the next little bit is that north node is new and Gemini is questions. So it's really about new questions, new personal questions, asking yourself new questions about who you want to be and where you want to be going. And Sagittarius South Node is about releasing old truths, old comfortable truths, old agreed upon truths. It's about really releasing that. So the new moon in Sagittarius is happening um, kind of close to the node. And so there is this sense like, okay, I'm releasing the old truth and I'm setting the intention to call in the new truth. And to me, that's so much what like Saturn and Jupiter moving into Aquarius is all about is like, we need new truths for a new society. We need new truths for a new future. Yeah. So I guess I would say with that new moon, you could use it as an opportunity to really commit to one of these truths or multiple truths and let your actions then be your ritual from that. You know, if you are committing to you know, greater connection with more optimistic, high vibe people than take action by reaching out to those folks, having some sort of communion with those folks, you know, like let that be the ritual. You know, if it's a creativity, let the act of actually participating in that creativity or that spirituality or what have you be the ritual. Well, wishing you all a good eclipse season. Let us know how it goes for you. You know what I just love, though, is, like, I love how, like, the media makes eclipses, like, such a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, like, once-in-a-lifetime event. And it's, like, you know astrology. You know an eclipse happens every six months. <laughs> right. Now, of course, some are more total than others. So in terms of, like, what you can see as an eclipse based on where you are in the world, what hemisphere and, you know, whatnot, that changes. But you don't need to be able to see the eclipse in order to be present to its energy. Because we're all on this planet, which means that we're all being bathed in that eclipse energy. Yeah. And you may not want to necessarily get out under that eclipse energy. You know? You may want to stay inside. You may not want to look directly at it. I couldn't help it last night. I was compelled. I stayed out there longer than I than I normally would, or maybe even should. But you'll just feel it, you know? Some of them call to you, and some of them, you know, you want to hide under your covers. All right, so let's head into our tarot card for the episode. Just take a moment. Tune in. And just knowing that this card will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. One card that gives us a clear instruction of how to move forwards. the ten of wands the ten of wands is a figure who is holding ten wands and looks quite burdened by them and this card always makes me want to say to the people who are receiving its medicine put some fucking wands down like why are you trying to do all of this all at once there's no need you're exhausting yourself unnecessarily and so there is some messaging here about prioritizing what really needs to be done right now and what are just machinations of the mind But tens also, because it's a double digit, it's not just you anymore, it's you and the great goose egg we call zero. So it's bringing in the community to some degree. 
And wands, as the ruler of the things in our life which spark, would indicate that it's time to bring people in that can help spark you, that can help spark your sexuality and your creativity and your spirituality so that you don't have to do it alone. So I would just encourage you over this next week to seek out spiritual community, creative community, and also to pay attention to where your need to be productive is at odds with your need to be authentic. Because there's always time for everything that needs to be done. You know, nature shows us that there's always time for the flowers to bloom and the fruit to blossom on the vine. And so if it doesn't seem like there's time, it might be because there are things that don't actually need to be happening at this moment. And you can just trust that when the timing is right, they will occur. So put some fucking wands down and we'll see you next time. She's resonating for me. Thank you. Oh, good. You're welcome. Hey, I'm remembering, aren't we doing a giveaway? Yeah, we are. But it's not, the deadline hasn't happened yet. No, it's the end of this week, I believe. Okay. So tell the gazers about the giveaway. So if you go on to, and um, we basically are giving away readings, mini readings with each of us, so two of them, uh, if you will go and leave us a lovely review. And, you know, obviously Apple Podcasts is the place that um, most of these reviews live. Um, We know that a lot of you are Spotify listeners, so that uh, may not work for you. But the review doesn't have to happen there. The review can happen uh, via social media. Um, so even if you want to just uh, share us out on like your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, we will also allow that. And also um, there are other platforms too. Um, there's one called Podbean, for example, um, that we've uh, gotten some reviews on as well. Um, so if you can, uh, if you do share us somewhere, just make sure you tag us or else we won't know you've entered. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll announce the winners on the next episode. Yes. And even if you don't care about a giveaway, but you care about this show, then would you please rate us five stars or leave us a review? It really makes a huge difference. And as we endeavor to grow this platform and to connect and to create larger and wider and more robust community, you can be a part of that. And that's your contribution to the Gazer community. Yeah. And just so you know, I think we had said maybe I think it was like the fourth or the fifth was the deadline, but we'll make it the 10th. So you have until December 10th to enter, to enter. Yeah. How exciting. You could start your year with a reading. A yeah. mini reading. Well, thank you for being here, my loves. We love getting to connect with you and to feel you across space and time. Take good care of yourselves. Stay safe. Don't overdo it. Remember, you can always find us at thespiritualgaze.com. Uh, you can sign up for our, our newsletter there, which is really great because then you find out exactly when we're hosting our breathwork sem- uh, sessions, our astral club group meetings, and anything else we have going on. You'll be the first to know when we announce our course schedule for 2021. Yeah, we're already getting some inquiries about astrology and tarot classes for the new year, and they'll definitely be coming your way. So you should sign up there. Uh, but you can also find us on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, or on Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze. We love you. So much love. We're Always so, great to spend time. We're so honored to be here. Until next time, this has been your transit through The, the Spiritual
Time heals everything.